and welcome to the Medicorum podcast. As a part of our brand is exploring medical conundrums and niche areas of healthcare, we will be trying our best to understand the life of different healthcare professionals in this podcast series. We will try to navigate this complex profession by asking a variety of intriguing and perceptive questions to many professionals who can show you what healthcare really means. That being said, let's introduce our first guest. Thank you for joining us and taking our time out of your day to educate us. Please introduce yourself and your profession. Hello, and thanks for the invitation. <laughs> this is uh, international and I'm, I'm uh, happy to be in this podcast. My name is Tobias Tantien. I am uh, head of a department of gynecology and obstetrics in Hamm, which is a city in Germany. And um, I am 50 years old. I'm in the job for about, uh, I guess, about 20 years. And um, I like my job. (laughs) That's great. Uh, So to begin with, let's talk a little bit about your daily life. So could you walk us through a normal day in your life? All right, normal day starts in the early morning. Um, I don't live in the city, so I have to drive for about 45 minutes. And so we start work at 7.30. Um, At 7.30, we start seeing patients first for about 20 minutes. So all the doctors split up and go see the patients and look how they do and get a plan when they get discharged and what needs to be done, things that are missing. Mm -hmm. And then we meet at 10 to eight um, in in a conference room and the doctor that was on call at night reports about what happened at night. Uh, For instance, uh, births, that had taken place or uh, any new uh, commitments or uh, whatever happened at night. So we discussed that. And then, I'm sorry. No problem. And, okay. Ich bin gerade in einem interview, ich kann gerade nicht. And then, um, I'm sorry. No problem, no problem, continue. And we read um, the pathologic findings together, like the tissue that gets examined by the pathologist, the tissue we take out um, during surgery, which uh, most of the times determines uh, the, the therapy for the patient. So we read this and discuss this. And then at eight o'clock, the doctors that will go to the operation theater um, will leave the conference and start working in the operation theater. And surgery starts usually um, at about 8.15. And we have, our department has uh, two operation theaters every day. Um, Yeah, my day, um, on Monday and Tuesday is different. I have I see patients on Mondays, 
on Tuesdays. Mondays mainly preventive care patients. So um, it's like every 15 minutes um, or 20 minutes, another patient. Mm -hmm. And um, on Tuesdays, uh, the patients come with different questions like um, incontinence or prolapse, mm -hmm. uh, difficult tumors or more complex questions. So on Tuesdays, I need more time for one patient. And um, so usually that would look like, um, I say hello to the patient. I ask, what is your, you know, what is your uh, intention? Why do, you, why do you come see me? What is, your, what is your problem? And let the patient talk for a while. And um, so I hear about and learn about their complaints, about their problems. And then I will lead that into a structured uh, history. So I will ask, uh, have you had previous surgery? You know, what, um, have you had children? Um, what medications do you take? Do you smoke? Do you have allergies? Um, what have you done to make your problems uh, get better? And then um, we do an examination, which follows a systematic pattern also. Um, and then um, by then I should have an idea about what's going on. And um, I will talk about this with the patient. Um, so I have a diagnosis and um, I will offer um, options for therapy. So um, the patient at this point um, will respond to you know saying what what could be an option or what could not be an option and most of the times I send the patients back to their doctor um, to discuss that with the doctor and then I write a letter to that doctor um, with all the history all the findings my diagnosis um, my suggestion and what I discussed with the patient and what the patient I think I tends to to do. And then I'll see the next patient. So um, I do about 20 cases mm -hmm. on that day. And in the evening, I'm really tired. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we meet again um, with the other doctors at 3.30 PM and discuss what happened during the day and answer questions. Mm -hmm. uh, on Tuesdays, most of the times, I'm not done with work yet. Um, so um, the doctors meet without me, <laughs> and uh, I, um, when I'm done with seeing patients, I uh, I do rounds on the ward and uh, see the patients that had had surgery before, mm -hmm. and then um, after that, um, I'm going to see my desk, and uh, I have to usually I have to sign. A uh, couple of books of uh, yeah of some stuff to sign and read my emails and answer some emails mm -hmm. and maybe call patients back at home call other doctors and then I'll drive home. That's my Tuesday, okay. and on Wednesdays <laughs> and Thursdays and Fridays, 
Um, right after morning conference, I go to the OR and do surgeries. Mm -hmm. That is my normal day. And when it, okay. when it comes to Friday, I'm really happy that um, tomorrow I can sleep in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we all are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my day. Okay, so after hearing all that, I have a question. So do you think uh, it is easy for you to maintain a work-life balance with your schedule? Um, that's a strong question. <laughs> straight to the point it is a challenge yeah. um uh, i would say um i love my job mm -hmm. i love being a doctor i love talking to patients and i love the mixture of um you know you can deal with a problem in two ways you can help a patient um learn something about their problems and deal with their problems without actually offering you know, traditional medical therapy in terms of like pills or surgery or whatever. Or you could uh, eliminate the problem by doing surgery or uh, doing prescriptions. These are two very different kinds of treatment and uh, good medicine is a mixture of both usually. And I like that, and because I like it, I uh, I can deal with the stress in some ways, but um, in the German health system, there's a lot of pressure. Um, there's a constant fight between hospitals and insurances about um, money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and we're always asked to, to work even faster and to, to be more efficient and to, you know, uh, document right on time and, and have all the paper, um, in an order so it can go, um, um, it can go to the insurances so we get the money and, and yeah. they can have their checks on it and then, um, they will have their their doctors that say, "Well, we don't see we have to pay this. Um, uh, what is your, you know, why do you think this is necessary?" And then mm -hmm. uh, there is communication about that, and and you have to follow timelines, and um, that's that's a pain. And there's a lot of administration going on um, that eats more than half of the time like a lot of time you would like to spend with patients and actual work mm -hmm. so a whole bunch of work is just um, administration and discussing mm -hmm. stuff and and that can be very frustrating and tiring and um, if you're head of a department you have on the one side you have a team and you see how hard they work and on the other side, you have administration, you have numbers, and you see, you know, what, what your department, uh, uh, you know, what you have, how, how much you work and how much money you earn with it, kind of, you know, you have like numbers and, and um, marks of efficiency. Um, and 
you see how much uh, staff is affordable on the one side, mm -hmm. staff is expensive. So you try to keep uh, employees low on, uh, you know, not to have too many doctors in your team. And on the other side, mm -hmm. you need enough doctors to do the work. And that's mm -hmm. a, constant, a, a constant tension and fight. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, you're, you're always in between, uh, you know, in between the sides and, and that is stressful. And, you know, sometimes one of the doctors gets pregnant and all of a sudden says, I can't work tomorrow. And so who's going to mm -hmm. do the job? And then you don't find anyone new. So um, it's difficult to find, sometimes find your work-life balance. You come home, you're really tired. And, you know, you got to do some shopping, get some groceries, prepare some dinner, eat something, you know, call someone, mm -hmm. talk to someone, mm -hmm. fall asleep, get up in the morning uh, early, rush to work, um, and rush, rush, rush all the time. And I can mm -hmm. notice that I start speaking faster, um, that I try to really be fast in everything I do. So I get mm. more done and all the doctors are like that. And yeah, you need to learn in the first years, like when the young doctors start here, um, you see how much they work. And sometimes you have to tell them to work slower or take some time off, mm -hmm. get some sleep and take care of yourselves. You know, you tell them, do take care of yourself. If you don't take care of yourself, no one will. You, you, you're you going to get eaten right. by the job. So doctors tend to like to give, uh, you know, their energy to patients. This is why they chose the job. Mm -hmm. But um, it is easy to give too much. And at the end, you will you will end up in a burnout. Yes. So it is one very important step in your career to learn um, to find your balance, your personal balance. Mm -hmm. It's a challenge. Yeah, <laughs> can imagine. Yeah, that was, um, okay. that was some really good advice. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, you said you, you know, it can be stressful at times. I mean, quite obviously as a doctor. So like um, on Fridays, on Saturdays, when you're free, do you have any hobbies? Yes. What do you like to do? Yeah. In your free time? Well, I try, for example, when I get home early enough, I like to play piano. Oh, I, interesting. Yeah, I like... Uh, <laughs> I like playing the piano very much. I've been playing ever since uh, I can remember, basically. And I play a lot of blues and jazz and uh, some Bach. I like fugues. Um, and I like uh, improvisation. I like being playful yeah, that's cool. and just see what happens. And um, you run into a theme, for example, and then you play with it and do something with it and, and try mm -hmm. to be creative or let, mm -hmm. let creativity happen. And um, that makes me feel alive. 
I try to do that mm -hmm. on weekends too. On weekends, I also like to do sports, I like to do ride my bicycle. Mm. Um, you need to move, you know. We sit all day, and um, yeah. it's important to get some exercise. Mm -hmm. And the the playfulness in the music is something um, that you know if you feel yourself being creative it helps you feel creative at work too mm -hmm. and it it trains um your ability to deal with problems um in a creative way sometimes um you know medicine in the book always uh it treats a problem and sometimes you know people come for example having uh having some infection for example and in the book it says you have to give some antibiotics mm -hmm. for that infection so you could say well here you go there's a prescription take antibiotics but you know one patient uh comes because she wants to know is it dangerous or is it not dangerous that's all she wants to know and she doesn't even think about treating her problem. The other one um, definitely wants antibiotics because uh, she has an important meeting tomorrow and um, she doesn't want any trouble tomorrow. The next one does definitely not want antibiotics because her dad died of an antibiotic and a shock, mm. for example. And the next one comes and her main problem is that she wants to decide herself what to do and not have a doctor tell her what to do. And yet she's very fearful. She, she, she's afraid of something could happen. So uh, she has a conflict and uh, needs to see a doctor, although she doesn't really want to. And that is a difficult communication. So um, they all come with the same problem and they all need a different answer. And um, it takes some creativity sometimes to find the right way for each person and to find out what they really want, to communicate that you understood what, they, what you think they want, and also to communicate what you see, where they could go, what you think, uh, where they would profit from. Mm -hmm. Am I making sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, um, so training the creativity or, you know, staying playful helps mm -hmm. and relaxes and, and eases situations um, in, in dealing with patients as well as in, in, in daily life. It is, it is always good to play something and, and just relax, you know, and, and be mm -hmm. happy and, uh, and, you know, we have to follow so many rules every day, so many patterns and so many uh, administration uh, tasks and stuff that it is, it is just very uh, comforting to, um, to, you know, to just play around, do something you like to do. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, moving on to profession, 
Are there any myths or stereotypes about your profession that you disagree with? So, any any myths that you want to debunk, or like anything you know you think Maybe. that is a stereotype about your profession? Sometimes, yeah. sometimes people say, "Oh, you're a doctor, so much mm-hmm. responsibility. I could never do that. I don't know how do you do this every day, saving lives." Uh-huh. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. Um, my usual answer to that is that um, it is something you can learn. It's a job, you know, like mm-hmm. like a dishwasher. Um, you you can learn that. You can learn how to do it, and you can learn to get systematic and and yeah. But you can also look at it as an art, mm-hmm. the art of understanding mm-hmm. um, who you're dealing with and who you're talking to, and the art of understanding of truly understanding needs and um understanding has a lot to do with yourself the better you know yourself the better you're able to understand mm-hmm. who you're talking to so you, you have to get to know yourself too your mm-hmm. your weaknesses your strengths uh your wishes mm-hmm. um in order to truly understand your patient and um it's not so much uh being a hero or so it is more you know we all have our function in society and we are every every person um has a place in this world and um this is mine uh i i was lucky to be able to you know have a job like this um or to have a job at all mm-hmm. and it's not so much about um all this responsibility you know so many people have so much responsibility uh it's it's not something i think about it's i only think about it when it's too much when when it, when, when it feels bad mm-hmm. hold on one second hmm? yeah i've been in interview yeah um so this is a part of my daily life too by the way um yeah. you know people <laughs> popping in asking questions yeah. phone yeah. rings um, and it can be really annoying because uh, you cannot finish anything without being interrupted at least a couple of times. Mm-hmm. So you need to yeah. switch with your concentration all the time and mm-hmm. that's tiring. And mm-hmm. it hasn't gotten better with mobile phones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, that was quite interesting. Uh, now let's take a closer look at your profession. Um, so as we know, there are an increasing number of men in obstetrics. However, they are still in the minority. So what attracted you to the specialty? I mean, after you're done with the education, you can pick many specialties. So what made you choose this specialty? You mean the specialty of gynecology? Yes. Oh, that was... Uh, uh, that was just random. Um, I was going to be <laughs> pediatrician. Oh. Ah, okay. So my dad is a pediatrician. And um, I thought I would be pediatrician too. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend over at my house. Um, I studied with way back then. And he opted for gynecology. And mm-hmm. he was friends with a gynecologist that lived nearby. So he invited that gynecologist over to our house. 
and we had some dinner and some good talk and that gynecologist i i you know i knew him a little bit and he said hey toby why don't you uh i heard you're done with studies why don't you work with us i remember mm -hmm. you uh, you would fit in our team and i said yeah you know i was going to do pediatrics and then he said uh oh you you know you could work in gynecology just for half a year we could you know it could be beneficial for both of us um, mm -hmm. You would see children, um, you know, from the other side. And then mm -hmm. once uh, pediatrics has a place for you, you can just switch, you know. So I thought, yeah, sure, why not? Um, and then I started in gynecology. And my boss, he really liked me and took me mm -hmm. to the OR and let me do lots of surgeries, um, you know, taught me a lot. Um, and... I found that was really fulfilling. Um, mm -hmm. And then as I switched to pediatrics after almost one year, I think, and spent there about one year. And in that time, I found out that I was more happy in gynecology than in pediatrics. Mm -hmm. um, and eventually my wife said, uh, why don't you, why don't you do gynecology you seem to be much happier happier there than in pediatrics and the thing is the difference is um there are two types of doctors like there's some that they like to do stuff with their hands they they're decisive quick uh mm -hmm. you know they you know they want to get things done and do some surgery you know um finish it put a patch on it, done. Mm -hmm. And then there are other doctors that like to, um, you know, they focus more on diagnosis and um, their patient, you know, internal medicine. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's very different. They are organized in a different way um, or we are organized in a different way due to the nature mm -hmm. of, you know, what we do. And um, yeah, so my nature is, is I have to do something with my hands. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a surgeon. And um, I'm also, I found out that I like talking to people a lot. And um, it is, I found about, found out about myself that um, I can easily approach people and ask even intimate questions and talk about intimate stuff without getting necessarily too close. And um, that is really helpful in gynecology because gynecology deals with sometimes intimate questions. And yeah, so that's why I think um i'm at the right place there mm -hmm. and it was a it was a, a way to find that out um but that's how i got there and by the way um in in germany i think the the most most part of the doctors are women and there's there's not an increasing number of men it's rather the other way around there's more women mm -hmm. to do gynecology yeah.
So has that affected your daily work, like being a male gy- gynecologist? Like, is that a factor? Like any positive or neg- negative effects? Um, sort of- it used to be at the beginning mm-hmm. because I was pr- surprised about myself uh, ending up in gynecology as a man. And sometimes I felt ashamed, um, especially when um, at the very beginning of my career, when, when women said, oh, I don't like this chair. Uh, and I felt ashamed when they felt ashamed, which is a natural, um, a natural thing, you know, you, you know, when, when someone tells you my, um, my mom died and, and, and starts crying, you get sad too. That's natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as a doctor, you have to learn, and you have to learn this no matter if you're gynecologist or oncologist or uh, ophthalmologist, whatever. Um, you have to learn that um, it is not your job necessarily to be as sad as the patient. It is your job to guide the patient through the problem, and you're the expert. So you have to learn to. Um, to keep the distance to that and you know not lose empathy but mm-hmm. um it's the patient's job to be sad about something and it's your job to um to see the light at the end of the tunnel you know mm-hmm. so um has it affected me uh, at the beginning yes okay. at the beginning when people would ask me uh what's your profession i would say i'm a doctor i would not say i'm a gynecologist uh-huh. so um Talking to women um, when I was younger, when I would say I'm a gynecologist, it was okay because they know what a gynecologist is and they can deal with it. Talking mm-hmm. to other men, sometimes they would laugh or go, ah, mm-hmm. mm, stuff like that. Oh, okay. um, this uh, was when I was younger. And after, mm-hmm. I don't know, first couple of years, uh, I felt it felt natural for me to be mm-hmm. in that job. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, could you tell us about a case, if there is any, that has really impacted you in any way or changed your perspective on your specialty? Mm. Basically, um, um, medicine has a lot to do with experience. Right. The more experience you have, um, uh, the better you know your way around, and the earlier you can you know. Sometimes you you smell things, you smell a problem, and you think, nah, this is not that. Sometimes you don't know yet, you know, but you think mm, probably this is going in this direction, most likely. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes you're wrong. So. Um, any any patient helps you, uh, you know, in a way stay open minded, and mm-hmm. and sometimes you're surprised, and sometimes afterwards, you know, for example, uh, I've had a, a young patient. Um, she came with uh, abdominal pain, and. Uh, she had been treated by another doctor for um, an infection with antibiotics. And um, the surgeon said, it's not 
you know, it, it's, it doesn't have to do with the bowels. Uh, this is not a visceral surgery case. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, um, this doesn't look too gynecological either, but she has a problem and she has some findings that are not okay. But, uh, you know, uh, we, we could wait. And then um, I asked her what she would like. And then she said, hmm, you know, I, I, have, I have pain. If you think we could do surgery, I would be okay with that, she said. And I said, you know, th there's things that can happen during surgery you don't want, you know. So if we can avoid surgery, it's always better to avoid so I tended to not do surgery, um, not, no, not having a real diagnosis. Um, and there was something wrong. She had liquid in her uh, belly. So we kept talking and eventually we decided to do surgery and to take a look in the belly. And she had an appendicitis and it was not typical. You know, we, we, we deal with abdominal pain all the time and usually mm -hmm. uh, are able to recognize appendicitis. And, um, you know, we have visceral surgeons that take care of that. And so um, that was very interesting because it was just very atypical. And I thought, okay, yeah. you know, it is, it is important to um, sometimes not wait too long. Whereas reacting too early is not good either. Mm -hmm. And it's just, every time it's, it's like a little crime. <laughs> it is, uh, yeah, so it, it does affect me every time again. And this case changed my perspective um, for the future, once again, to be mm -hmm. more careful. And, yeah. and yeah, that keeps happening. And mm -hmm. you know, bad things happen. People die sometimes, and uh, you're part of you know the way that led to. Uh, you know, sometimes you think I maybe I could have avoided that. Then things would have gone another way. But I guess you have to live with that. Wow. Um, thank you for sharing that with us. I can really see how that changed your perspective on your specialty. And I actually think that this story is actually valuable to aspiring med students, doctors, surgeons as well. So with that being said, our final question to you is, do you have any uh, words of wisdom, a message or a warning to the aspiring doctors out there? Um. You should have passion for the for a job like this mm -hmm. um, because it is really time consuming, at least mm -hmm. in, in our country. And probably it is anywhere like that. And you should you should be able to um, really like your job. Probably this this applies to any job, yeah. <laughs> not only to being a doctor. But um, it is important because uh, if, if you, you know, can live your passion during the day, um, it doesn't feel so much like a job. It feels like your life. 
and this is what mm -hmm. what's best to um to have life is uh very short i was talking to an um uh, an uncle of mine yesterday mm -hmm. and he said um it is so sad to see how how so many people uh spent their days being sad and unhappy and um you know doing things they don't want to do mm -hmm. and life is eventually going to end and uh, so there's not so much time there's maybe 80 years or whatever and mm -hmm. in this time you better do what you think would be good you know mm -hmm. so um imagine you had a job uh a time-consuming and energy-consuming job such as i described and you would always think uh my life starts after work then you would waste so much time mm -hmm. you would you know at work so you yeah. better be happy at work and be happy with the circumstances it's okay to be a little unhappy because you, you know you have to uh, change things sometimes and make them better make it a better place Mm -hmm. But um, it is important to to be there passionately, and um, and with all your energy and uh, empathy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was a wonderful message. Something I'll definitely remember. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and that concludes today's fascinating episode. Thank you so much, doctor, for devoting your knowledge and time. We wish you all the luck and success in your future endeavors. It was an honor having you on our podcast. Yeah. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> and to our listeners, thank you for tuning in today. We hope you took something from this enrapturing discussion. And I hope you have a good day and see you next episode. Thank you.